Welcome to Greece Chats, everyone. Today, I have George Tsitsonis. George is a Greek-American freelance writer who has written predominantly about soccer, or known as football worldwide, for 20 years. Much of his work has focused on Greek soccer, and his pieces have been featured in such magazines as 442, FIFA Magazine, Soccer International, and Greek-American outlets such as GreekSoccer.com and Agonosport.com. He published his first book in June of 2020 entitled Achieving the Impossible, the Remarkable Story of Greece's Euro 2004 Victory. It is the first book published in English on the extraordinary feat of the Greek national team in 2004 when they won the European Championship. And that's what we're talking about today. Let's jump right into this conversation with George Chitsonis. Hey guys, before we jump into this episode, a quick note about our sponsor, Prosperity. Prosperity is quickly becoming the best way to buy and sell a property in Greece. I've met the team behind the project and let me tell you, they have built quite the experience. Search for your dream home in Greece, but do it all digitally. Find the home, tour it virtually, submit an offer, prepare the legal documents, and even apply for a mortgage. All on the prosperity.com. I myself am in the market for a home in Greece, and I will be using Prosperity all summer to make my decision by this fall as to where I will be moving to in Greece. All right, let's get back to Greece chats. Hey, George, how are you, man? Tony, how are you? Thank you very much for having me on. No problem. Thank you. I know we've been trying to get to this for quite some time. Uh, it's been a little while. <laughs> we finally got to it, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, before we jump into things, you want to take a minute and kind of tell my listeners who you are, a little bit about you, and then we'll jump into the fun stuff. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so my name is George Titsonis. I'm a Greek-American. I've been a freelance uh, journalist for about 20 years or so, um, mostly focusing on soccer, um, but always kind of uh, focusing on, on the Greek aspect of it, um, you know, whether it's Greek league, national team, whatnot. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have some of my work in, you know, quite a few uh, periodicals, magazines, websites over time. So, you know, I've always been interested, you know, it's due to my heritage in the, in the Greek game. So, you know, there's a lot, always a lot of bad to report on it, but occasionally there's something good. And I like to point that out too to people. So, um, yeah, I just been always loved, I uh, have a huge passion for, for the, the game of soccer. Um, combining that with being Greek and, you know, having strong ties to, um, to Greece, um, it's just been a, a kind of perfect marriage for me because I love to write. So, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun doing it and, um, you know, kind of culminated over the last couple of years in, in my first book, um, which was uh, Achieving the Impossible, the Remarkable Story of Greece's Euro 2004 Victory. Um, anybody who was Greek at that time and was alive probably had heard about, um, you know, or seen, you know, the craziness that was going on back in the summer of 04 uh, as Greece kind of shocked the world uh, to win the Euro. So. What a summer, man. What oh, a man, summer. it was, it was, yeah, that was the the magical summer, you know, the yeah. Olympics, uh, you know, the Euro to kind of set things up. It was just, you know, uh, yeah. we definitely hit the heights that summer. Yeah, we'll jump into that in a sec, but is writing something you always had a love for? Yeah, you know, and, and not really serious until I kind of got out of college, I guess. Um, but um, yeah, I just, I, I kind of looked at what I could do with soccer, um, you know, as time went on, I've gotten into a little bit of coaching and things like that. But um, yeah, writing was always kind of exciting to kind of, you know, a little bit of peace of mind, just kind of relax and put some things down on paper. I like the kind of solitude, um, the, you know, kind of 
allows you to kind of refresh almost. Um, but yeah, just um, trying to report on on stuff about Greece or the or Greek football, Greek soccer, um, you know, has always been of interest to me. I've always been a diehard fan. So it's kind of just been kind of the perfect uh, kind of side hobby for me to, to do. And it's always been sports? Yeah, predominantly a little bit of other uh, news writing here and there, but for the most part, um, it's been sports. Um, you know, like I said, soccer has just captured my heart from when I was a kid. My dad was a huge fan. Um, you know, as, as, as a lot of, you know, Greek dads will do, they'll pass on that love of their kind of favorite sport to, to their kids. Um, so I was no different in that regard. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, just uh, I've always kind of focused on that. Uh, recently, I've kind of started to spread my wings a little bit more. But, um, yeah, soccer has always been the kind of my go to for, for writing. Awesome. Love that. Um, achieving the impossible, the remarkable story of Greece's Euro 2004 victory. That's that's the piece. That was was that your first book? This is my first book. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's let's just jump right into it. I mean, obviously, you said it in the intro. A wild summer. Can you share some stories? Share some insight on what happened? How many years ago is that now? Seventeen yeah, years. Seventeen ago. years on. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, when I think about it, how you know, feels like yesterday. But yeah, really I saw a post today that said. I can't believe 20 years ago was 2001 and I thought it was a joke post, but it was actually accurate. So. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. And the older you get, you're just like, what? That can't be. Um, 20 but, years ago is the eighties and that'll always be yeah, the case. Right. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, no, that summer though, was like we touched, we touched upon before. It was just, you know, there was something in the air, something kind of magical. And, you know, for the Greek soccer team, which anybody who's followed them over the years, you know, it's just a lot of trials and tribulations, not much joy, not much success. Recently, we just um, we just got knocked out of the World Cup and people are really upset about it, you know, which is which is understandable. But I, I'm like, you know, there was only this kind of certain pocket of time between 2001 and 2014 where the national team really thrived and consistently qualified for tournaments and things like that. That wasn't going on most of the time, you know, so. You know, um, we, we were kind of lucky in that time period and we're kind of expecting Greece now every time. But really, that was the exception to the rule, that 13 year period. Um, and it all really got kickstarted in 2001 when Otto Rahagel, a German uh, coach, um, took over the Greek national team and um, just slowly and really methodically kind of built that team up from a bunch of kind of, you know, talented individuals, but a really, you know, a team that was really broken, um, that was really separated by club factions, you know, like there's Olympiakos, Panathakos, Ike. We have a, a history in Greek soccer where, you know, players of those teams just, when they come to the national team, they just do not really gel. And um, Rahaga was able to really change that, you know. Um, from the beginning, he kind of threw out players that would not fit this kind of unity that he was really looking to kind of um, um, put forth. And, you know, we can't argue with the end product, which was winning the Euro, um, you know, from as much as 250 to one underdogs, Greece was having never won a game um, at a major tournament in their history and really coming out of nowhere to beat the hosts, Portugal in the opener, and then just to go on shock after shock. And then once again, you know, beating Portugal again uh, in the final, it was just, you know, you couldn't have written a better script. Um, so, you know, I guess I tried to kind of, you know, do my piece to, to kind of bring that story out to people. Yeah, it's like how all the broadcasters always say, you, they, everyone says you can't write it like this. He only no, can't, can't put a script like this together. You really couldn't, you really couldn't. And if you look back, like, Otto Heigl's first game, 
is a 5-1 um, defeat against Finland. So it, automatically he's already starting on the back foot. You know, the Greek press is already all over him and things like that. But this guy had a real kind of, um, you know, he had a, real, a lot of experience in Germany coaching, really, and he was really successful at bringing teams that weren't very good and bringing them up through the ranks. And this is what he did with Greece. Um, you know, he did something that really nobody thought could be done. Um, so, yeah, it was just, you know, the when looking back and, and seeing that was just, you know, for me, uh, kind of working through the research and stuff like that was just amazing kind of how he pulled this team together. And, you know, like uh, part of how I started this whole process was back in 2017, I'm regaling my kids with this story about how Greece did this, you know, came out of nowhere. And they're, they're, they're all into soccer as well. So it's been a, it's been kind of fun to kind of, you know maybe not for them to hear dad drone on about, you know, old stories, but like I was, yeah. I remember we were sitting outside and it was a summer day and I was just talking to them about, you know, how crazy this was and how, you know, really Greece just nobody would have ever expected it. And then I just was like, you know, I'm just going to do a little bit more research online, see, see what's out there, you know, just, you know, look at some stories, you know, a little behind the scenes stuff. Cause I'd never, you know, I knew it. A lot of us had seen the matches. We had experienced the tournament, but maybe we didn't know exactly what went into it. And, you know, the more research I did, I realized there was just like a dearth of like English language, like coverage of this. And what was available was really negative because Greece did play a more defensive style. But, you know, they were like slammed by so many like, you know, sections of the foreign press um, and how they did it. Obviously, I'm a little biased, but I thought that was unfair. So I'm like, you know, what? I don't take a little closer look at this. I was writing for a, a Greek site called uh, Agonasport.com at one point, um, you know, it covering Greek sports and English. And maybe I'll, maybe I'll do a couple pieces about the Euro and stuff like that. But one thing led to another. I started amassing more research and, you know, I'm like, well, let's see if we can, we can do something with this, uh, maybe a little bit more than just an article. Amazing. So how difficult was this to put all this together and get someone obviously publish it? Yeah, yeah, it was tough. I mean, um, you know, especially somebody that was a real novice as far as, you know, anything like that went, you know, I was a kind of, kind of well-versed at throwing, you know, pitching magazine articles here and there. And, you know, occasionally people would, would be interested, um, but, you know, doing a book for me, just the, the scope of it as well was, you know, much more than just, you know, putting a, you know, a two or three page article together or whatnot. So um, yeah, it was difficult. The research though, like luckily I, I love kind of, you know, looking at historical data, looking at, you know, old matches, you know um, but yeah, it was, so that part was fun. Um, it was a little difficult to kind of touch base with with all these um, former players and coaches. Um, you know, luckily, many were open to talking to me. So, you know, which I appreciate it because I'm pretty much an unknown, uh, you know, journalist is kind of, you know, trying to like contact them through any means whatsoever and seeing if they'd be interested in talking to me. But but a lot of the guys were. And, yeah, it was, you know, it was it was great, to, you know, to kind of hear their stories and get just, you know, goosebumps, like listen to these guys talking about being on the bus on the way to the mm -hmm. final and things like that. You're just like, wow, I cannot believe this. So it was, you know, it was a mix of like kind of difficult, but also, you know, kind of these, these kind of amazing moments where you're talking to the people that lived through it. Um, as far as the publishing aspect goes, yeah, it was a little difficult, you know, you, you, it's, you know, getting your book out there, especially for kind of like a niche uh, kind of stuff like this is, um, is always, I think a little tough, especially, like I said, from somebody that's not really, hasn't written anything before. Um, but luckily, um, there was this great small publisher, which kind of just uh, publishes um, soccer books in Australia, Fair Play Publishing. 
they were interested, um, you know, and we had a great rapport back and forth. Um, you know, the editor had married a Greek, so I think I was in already right there. So, uh, but yeah, so it worked out for me, you know, um, I sent a lot of like queries out to, to places, got a few responses back, but fair play was the, the, the best fit in the end. So, and, and it's definitely worked out, I think. How, how long did it take from the, from the idea to a book in your hand? Yeah. So, um, um, uh, about three years. So from the time like where I started, I, I really hit the ground after the story to my kids and looking into it, I kind of hit the ground running right off. So uh, the research phase started then. And then, you know, afterward came interviews and kind of putting everything together. But from the, and then, you know, obviously the, the publishing aspect, trying to, trying to find a publisher, but yeah, the whole process from when the, when I started to when the book was, was finally there uh, three years. Amazing. And where can our listeners find it? Yeah, so I mean, it's available on Amazon, pretty accessible that way. Um, there's a few other sites. Uh, the Avazo is a great uh, .co.uk is a great um, a seller of Greek language as well as uh, English books on Greece or Greek subjects. Um, you know, I've had a little bit of trouble trying to get into um, you know the Greek American community as far as like retailers and things like that. Um, the fact that it's available on Amazon has kind of been um, a stumbling block for me in, in getting them to, to sell it. But hopefully as time goes on, maybe we'll get we'll get a few on board. But for right now, probably Amazon's the easiest option for people to kind of go on and, and buy it. Amazing. All right. So you heard it there, guys. If you want this copy of Achieving the Possible, the remarkable story of the Greece's Euro 2004 victory, you can get it on Amazon. What what has been the most fulfilling part of finishing this project um yeah there's been a few different things i think the thing for me that's been the most fulfilling is just you know the fact that the story's out there like i said when i was looking at it you know early on i you know it was you know boring greeks you know bore their way to victory you know the headlines were all of that and i'm like there is a there's an amazing story here there's a you know this kind of like Greece's version of a miracle on ice, really, you know, like mm -hmm. this, this bunch of guys who nobody expected anything of coming out of nowhere, beating teams like Portugal, beating teams like France, you know, former World Cup and Euro winners, France, um, the Czech Republic, who they beat in the semifinals. Again, you know, the team that was probably the best team in that tournament playing free flowing soccer, just amazing to watch top players and Greece, you know, our Greece, like who had not really achieved anything, um, you know, before at that level you know, just coming out of really nowhere, you know, but it's also, I think it's just a great sporting story as well, even if you're not Greek, because it just shows that when you get a group of individuals together and their family and they're really fighting for one another, you know, really anything is possible. And I think, you know, it, it could be a lesson that we all learn from, from how they approach that tournament and how they kind of built the team over, over time and just relying on one another instead of, you know, slamming each other or caring about what club team they were on. These guys were a family. And as like Nikos the business, one of the players said to me, you know, he's like, it was the I before the we, I mean, the we before the I, you know, yeah. um, it was, it was, he's like, it didn't matter if you were on the bench or you were on the pitch. He's yeah. like, we all like, we're, we're fighting for each other. You know, we were yelling just as loud on the bench for them to, to be successful. It's not something we really experienced, you know, with a national team before, uh, unfortunately, but you know, um, it did set a tone then for a decade of real success at, at international level. And, and I think just, you know, knowing that, there's a book now out there that somebody, you know, that um, can read in English, I think for me, is just fulfilling that the story is out there. Amazing. I'm trying to think back on some of the memories from 
uh, 04. <laughs> I was going to say a different <laughs> wrong year, but uh, 2004. And I just remember every so often when there was a game, we'd all we all got together and it was the same story every game. Once we got the goal, all right, let's watch defense the rest of the way. We get the goal, let's watch defense the rest of the way. And it was just grind. No, it's out. true. It's true. That was the team's strength. And Rahagel would and Rahagel said before the tournament and in the lead up, he's like, We don't have world-class players. We have very good players, yeah. but we don't have world-class players. So we can't match up against these teams you know, and just kind of, you know, go punch for punch. Um, we've got to, you know, one of the stories actually is him, Rado Rahagel, talking to his assistant coach, Yanis Topolidis, in the lead up to the game against France. So France, at that point, just their, their starting 11, their whole, like, team just oozing with class, world-class stars, Thierry Henry, mm -hmm. one of the most, you know, biggest yeah. names probably in the last 20 years in world football. And he and so Rahagel gets up and starts kind of shadow boxing with Topolidis, and he's like, He's like, this is what we're going to do. He's like, we're going to hit him. Or we're yeah. going to get back defensively. We're going to hit him again and dance around. And he's like, we're yeah. going to we're going to play our game. But he's like, we're going to take our moments and and we're going to find those few chances and we're going to capitalize on those, you know. Um, and the players are laughing. And, you know, he created this kind of environment that was like, you know, they were very focused and serious, but it was also loose. You know, the, the pressure was off. Yeah. And, you know, they went out and they beat France, you know. And, and they really, you know, at times outplayed them. And yeah, defensively, certainly, yeah, we all knew once we scored, you know, we had yeah. that feeling that, you know, we were not going to give it up. And it was just kind of like that, yeah. that time we, period. Where, it like, was not going to give it up, but it also had the feeling we're not even going to attack anymore. Let's just sit <laughs> back. <laughs> no, we got, we got what we yeah, needed. We got the goal. We got the beat As long as we can. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I think everybody too has, has their stories. You know, I remember like watching the final um, at my house with my whole family, just a whole bunch of people there. And just seeing, like, my grandparents who never, ever watched soccer game in their lives, you know. Right. When Haristea scores, just everybody. I just remember my grandparents both jumping up in the air, like, so excited. It was just something that, you know, one of those kind of few moments in time where you feel like everybody, you know, everybody, every Greek, everybody across the diaspora, like, just was, like, united, like, through this team. So it was just, yeah, it was just the magical moments, I think, stuff that, well, you know, I, I know I'll always keep my whole life. Yeah. I live in um, I, at the time I was living in Boston and um, we a bunch of us right after the game had ended on was July 4th. Yeah. Yeah. July 4th. Uh, we, we headed into town and in there's a street called Newbury Street, uh, Little Italy. Yeah, and yeah. we had pulled up to no, actually, no, a little is further up. But anyways. It was two SUVs, I want to say. And it was like, I don't know, five and five or six and six. And we it came to a red light or stop sign. And a few of my buddies got out of the car and brought a soccer ball and just started kicking around on the, on the street. <laughs> and people from like the tavernas and the restaurants are looking onto the street like, what's wrong with these people? Like half of them didn't know what was going on. And then there was probably half that knew, oh. It's Greeks. Oh yeah. It's, oh, it's that's great. That's great. It's their day right oh, now. Oh, it was it was just that time. We stopped traffic for about a good 30 minutes. Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. You know, I remember actually going to a New Orleans Revolution game about two weeks after that and having my Greek jersey on, and somebody starts cheering chanting, Siko Seto. Yes. And I turn around and I'm like, <laughs> so it's me and this other guy. I never met each other before in our lives, and we must have had like 300 people just looking at us, like, what are you talking about? Chanting like you know the the chant that was really popular back then, um, you know during that tournament. So yeah, I mean I think the stories are just everybody was part of like alive then watching that tournament 
oh, has just such amazing, I, doing the book as well, I'd heard from so many people and it was just like, it brought a smile to my face every time. Cause like, whether you were in Australia, whether you were in Canada, whether you were wherever, you know, everybody had kind of stories like, just like yours, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's just- so in this book, will we find stories from, uh, obviously we're going to find some from fans, players, or a mix of both. There'll be some, they'll definitely be more heavy on the player side. Um, you'll hear a lot of kind of little tidbits and things like that about what was going on in Greece at that time period. Um, some of the celebrations that were happening as the tournament went on in some of the places we just talked about, you know? Um, so yeah, they, they, we touch upon all that. Um, but you know, I really wanted to get kind of to the heart of, the, of what the players felt as they were going through this and, you know, and, and some of the stories they had were just really, really cool. Um, you know, just kind of amazing to hear, um, you know, um, the people that kind of lived through this and, and what, you know, what, what they had to say about it. So yeah, the, if you read through it, you'll, you'll, you'll definitely get a lot of that. That's amazing. All right. So achieving the impossible Euro story, Euro 20, 2004 victory. You can get on Amazon, just type in Achieving the Impossible, the remarkable story of Greece's Euro 2004 victory. Author George Tsitsonis. George, what, what's next? You got any future projects in line? Um, yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got a couple of things on the radar. Um, I just finished the first draft of a novel I'm putting together for the, some of my first kind of fictional work. So I've kind of, you know, I'm going to try something different and see how it went. So we'll see how things go. Touching a lot upon a lot of Greek themes. Uh, it's a story about a Greek American boy and a Greek girl. So, um, you know, definitely, I think something that would resonate with, you know, um, listeners or, you know, anybody that's, that's Greek or, um, and, but there's, you know, the, after that, I think, you know, there's, I want to go back to sports a little bit. One of the biggest stories that I'm like, that I, whenever I see any highlights or I, I, I you know, kind of read about is Greece's 1987 Euro basket victory. Yeah. Uh, which again is there's not much you know in English about that. And if you, if anybody has a chance, go on YouTube and watch. I don't know, I, I'll give a little I'll, spoiler alert right now. So if don't listen to this next part, if uh, yeah, if you don't yeah. know what happened, but go on YouTube and watch the final against Russia. I mean, just the craziest game you've ever seen, and um, you know the story behind that and some of the little tidbits that I know um make it so interesting i think i want to put something together um on that at some point because i think it's it's you know it's kind of like a, a huge moment for basketball in greece too because the popularity of it just you know erupted after after that with galis and yanakis and all those kind of you yeah, know players that no, became sure. weapons over time so i think you know hopefully um you know if the fiction goes well and we keep on going uh you know, the book thing, then hopefully that'll be the next uh, kind of project Love to hear that no you let me know on that because i mean I, i'm I like I love I like soccer, but I love basketball, so I'll gotcha. definitely want to check that yeah, out. Yeah, we got we got to bring the two sides. I know some people are kind of you know either or, but uh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'll, no, nothing I'll, against soccer. It's just growing oh. up, I was just kind of pulled to basketball. I'd yeah, say. yeah, no, understandable, understandable. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, talking about this. Um, hopefully, our listeners will get excited and pick up a copy of the book. I'll put a link to the book as well on the video edition of this in the. Um, in the description i'll also have it on the uh the podcast uh show notes as well which will be on apple podcast spotify or any platform you guys are listening on the link will be down below uh is there anything else you want to get in there before we go no tony thank you very much for having me it was a pleasure i appreciate it love all the stuff you do so yeah uh, appreciate, appreciate that you having me on. thank you george and thank you guys for listening to grease chats and we will talk to you again on the next episode Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, learned something new, or were inspired, please share it with a friend. 
And don't forget to check out The Prosperity for all your real estate needs in Greece. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast.